0: This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership, and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard, take the lead.
1: Welcome to the Financial Standard podcast. I'm your host and Managing Editor of FS Sustainability, Rachel Alan Backus. Last week was Ethical Investment Week, a series of events designed for Australians and New Zealanders to learn more about investing in line with their ethics. As part of the discussions, Professor Shelley Spiller and Dr. Roger Spiller shared their thoughts on wayfinding and ethical investments. Shelley Spiller is of Maori and European lineage and has passion for researching and sharing the wisdom of Indigenous people and how it can provide unique insights for creating sustainable well-being and wealth. Roger Spiller is the founder of New Zealand-based Money Matters, an ethical investment advisory firm. Roger and Shelley, welcome, and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. I'd like to just open it up by asking you, um, what is wayfinding, and how do you apply it to ethical investing?
2: Well, kia ora, Rachel. Um, wayfinding is about reading the signs in the natural world. So in cultural pockets all around the world, there exist these communities of people who've passed on the tradition of wayfinding from one generation to the next through the millennia. They include the Inuit who eat the snow, the Australian Aboriginals who track the desert, the Bedouin nomads who traverse sand dunes, the peoples of the world's rainforests, and the oceanic navigators. So deep within the DNA of wayfinding is about really it's systems thinking, it's systems thinking of the highest or it's about paying attention to the natural world, to work out our location, in relationship to markers around us. So we have a really clear idea of our destination, but we really maintain this mastery and this discipline of reading the signs and dynamically responding to these signs on the journey.
1: And Roger, how would this apply to an ethical investment approach? It seems like a, a, such a beautiful, large systemic concept as Shelley was saying, but it almost feels a shame to narrow it down, but let's talk about it from the ethical investing perspective.
0: Wayfinding offers so much to ethical investing. It can really help with the ethical advisory process where a specialist ethical investment advisor sits down with a client and really helps them to make a plan to chart a course for their financial future and how they can make a difference, make an impact. As we know, one of the key distinctions between the ethical investment approach and the conventional approach Is that the ethical investor is thinking not only about risk and return, but also about impact. What kind of difference do they want their money to make and their lives to make? So we typically think about environmental and social impact. Wayfinding obviously deals with that in great depth and gives us a lot of information and insight to exploring environmental and social dimensions, but it also adds things in the cultural and spiritual realms, which are quite different to any investment conversation, including an ethical investment conversation. So we can step back and really reflect on the kind of framework that I explored in my PhD, and I wrote about in the article for EPI Sustainability, but thinking about what's the purpose of our investment in our lives? What are the principles that can guide our journey? What are the key practices that we can apply? And how do we measure our performance? How do we take count of what really matters on the path? And bringing all that together in an ethical investment context. There are opportunities to reduce risk, to avoid the disasters that can occur in terms of losing your investment. And wayfinding presents plenty of examples of where traditional navigation has failed to take account of the insights that the wayfinding approach would. It also enables, secondly, the increase of returns. So you can look to broaden the definition of investment to include that wider perspective of stakeholders and the environment and society. That's a key wayfinding concept. And also just have a more fulfilling journey. There's an idea within wayfinding that it's not arrival at the destination, it's who we become along the way. So wayfinding can really show investors how they could experience more personal, and professional development as well through the investment journey.
1: Excellent. I really want to hone in on that spirituality bit there, because that I think that to me was created such an emotional re, uh, resonance. Um, Shelley, would you mind elaborating a little bit more on the spiritual connection and then maybe bring in, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Waijua um, concept as well and how this applies with wayfinding?
2: So Waijua's spirituality is really at the heart of Māori endeavours, of, of any aspect of life. It's really to be grounded in the sense that, you know, we trace our lineage to the creator, to the coalescence of all of creation that we call Eor. And from that place, we see that we're connected to everything. This is an interwoven universe and that we are in spiritual kinship. Co evolving with all of creation. So, that sense of spirituality is deep in the heart of the culture of many Indigenous cultures. And so, when we emerge from that place, then we really are in relationship with all of the world. And for an ethical investor, it's saying we really care, we really love the places and the communities that we belong to, and we will do anything to protect the well being of these places because we are in spiritual communion together.
1: Roger, and I'm wondering if you can, again, talk to us how this integrates into sort of ethical investment practice, because I I sometimes think that when uh, particularly individual investors talk about things like wanting impact, um, wanting to invest for planet and for community, they're really getting to that that deep concept of connectedness and and their own set of spirituality. And so how would you sort of translate that um, into a a conversation um, where you've got concepts like fiduciary and financial return as well?
0: Well, in terms of the conversation as an advisor with a client, the starting point is really to consider the purpose of the journey, the purpose of the money. How do we want our money to matter? So that fiduciary role of looking to take account of risk, where does the client sit on that spectrum? If we take the nautical analogy, You know, what sort of level of storms do they want to be putting up with on the journey? how uh, are they up for that volatility? And then we think about their ethical profile and where they want to sit on that spectrum, which is typically regarded as going from conventional investment, if we imagine that at one end of the spectrum on the left, if you like, the the islands that we're wanting to make the journey from, across to thinking about ESG integration, which is a, a first step, if you like, and one that many fund managers and advisors are engaged with But progressively, there's an opportunity to move further along and to take more of that journey into the world of impact right through to not only avoidance and positive best of class investing, but right through to sustainability themed impact investment funds, and there's some great examples of those. So stepping back then and saying, okay, we've got to do all that in a producery context, and there's plenty of legal opinions now that say that, you know, if you don't take account of these environmental issues, and climate issues and the like, then you, know, you really are failing in your responsibility as a producery. And it's pretty basic at one level that, you know, as a a purely conventional investor not taking account of environmental and social issues, chances are you're missing out on a big part of the picture of understanding things. So it's just not very smart, not even really enlightened self interest to be failing to take account of all of that. But beyond the fiduciary responsibility, which is obviously fundamental for any advisor, we're then sort of asking those sort of deeper questions about, well, you know, what is the big picture here? And that sort of spiritual idea. Gets expressed in terms of you know meaning of life, and it doesn't need to be in a classical sort of religious sort of context. We get people like Viktor Frankl, Man Search for Meaning, saying you know this is the question that is fundamental. Sometimes people talk about what is your why. So the test that Shelley has that I think is a beautiful one, and was the title of a book that she wrote a chapter for, is about what kind of ancestor do you want to be? I've seen that question posed in different ways, in financial planning language, using Stephen Covey's idea of beginning with the end in mind. So write your obituary, you know, what do you want people to be saying about you when you are gone, and then live into that sense of purpose. So it's a much bigger thing than just saying, you know, I'm wanting X percent return on my investment. Of course, we want that. And we want risk and return taken care of. But what's the bigger picture? What sort of impact can I make as an investor? And in my broader life, how can my money support me to do the things that really matter?
1: I'm so glad you brought up that question of what kind of ancestor do you want to be, Roger, because I have to say, I've been thinking about that ever since uh, this came up, because um, I think it's, it's such a beautiful question and it kind of goes to the heart of what we want out of our lives. So, Shelly, can you elaborate a little bit more on that and um, maybe how you answered that question in that chapter as well?
2: Yes. Well, it was um, thank you. It was a book called What Kind of Ancestor Do You Want to Be, and, and it was a range of contributors, mostly Indigenous peoples. And in my chapter, I talk about you know wanting to be like my ancestors are for me. You know, when I say what we call a karakia or a prayer, and I want to bring um, that kowhai, what we call a kowhai, a cloak of strength, courage, and love to guide me. So in a way, I was exploring in that chapter what what form that would take in terms of love and light, and I think you know one of the things when we look at Māori businesses, Rachel, and it's really not, um, it really builds on what Roger's saying. We look at it in terms of five well beings, which came through in my doctoral studies, and I've been building on since then. And at the heart of that is this notion of connectedness to all of creation so we're all we're connected to the planet to the earth to everything and then we've got these five well-beings that come out of that spiritual cultural social environmental and economic but rather than silos like triple bottom line these are interwoven they reinforce each other so they are practices that reinforce each other but it's not just about the now generation this is an intergenerational perspective we look at native americans and other indigenous communities they will talk about seven generation thinking so what kind of ancestor do you want to be is to take you know take yourself into the future and into your future generation and look back and 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 ask yourself how would people describe you as their ancestor you know, and to go on that journey of discovery and to to look at the connections that we have. We are all the descendants of Wayfinders somewhere in our history, and we are the living face of Wayfinders today. We've been called to step into the unknown and help navigate through darkness to light. So it's about taking that conscious journey, looking at the gifts of knowledge that have been passed down through to us. And then what are we going to pass on? Um, in terms of a better world and making the next generation better
1: than us. It's just, it, it's so moving. And so the way that you can connect together um, wealth generation and sort of the aims that you would like to have um, to sort of this, this core of who we are as human beings is just so beautiful, Shelley. I really love it. Um, I'd also like to ask, you know, for for people like me who are you know maybe a bit newer on the journey of discovery around, you know, discovering the rich heritage um, that Indigenous and First Nations people bring. How would you recommend um, that people begin this discovery and, and knowledge of other peoples and other heritage? Um, and, and then again, how would you connect this to this endeavor of ethical investing?
2: Yes. Well, I'll let Roger ask the second part, answer the second part of that. But for me, what I really encourage um, is sometimes for some people it's like an archaeological dig. You have to go through and sift through one's own pieces and fragments that we understand, because there has been a severance in so much of the world, whereas Indigenous peoples have this continuity, this thread through time that holds them deeply to place and to each other. But, you know, as I said last night, um, we have uh, we had a workshop in London in the middle of an estate, and we do this internationally. You know, over about 8,000 people have been through wayfinding leadership workshops now. And one of the things we invite them to do is just to sit in this idea of introducing ourselves, our ancestors, you know, who we descend from, what those gifts are that have been passed down through the generations. Honestly, that can be the most powerful and profound and yet so simple way of starting that journey of discovery. Because really, it's a journey of discovery into who we are, into our own inner landscapes, not just the outer landscapes. And so it can bring up um, grief for people, but it's just, you know, slowly taking that journey and going back and looking at all those pieces that have been bequeathed to us in this lifetime. And I guess, you know, there are so many people, you know, in our communities, Aboriginal people, Native Americans, Māori, you know, who are really welcoming of that journey of discovery of others. So it's not so much finding, you know, taking from um, an indigenous culture, but it's really being showing up as someone who wants to go on the learning journey for themselves and for their own identity. And for what we call in Māori, whakapapa or genealogy.
0: My experience in engaging with relationships with indigenous folks through Shelley, it's been, a real privilege and learning environment and context where relating it back to investment, the fundamental issue is as an investor, how well am I navigating through the world and what can I learn from Indigenous methods in order to do that more effectively? So if we go back to those basic definitions, we talk about observing the world, then it's fascinating and I've gone on many experiences out in nature with indigenous folks. And I know that one of my colleagues in the Ethical Advisors Co-op, James in Perth, has teamed up with local um, Aboriginal folks who offer experiences where people can go out into nature and get some guidance and insight. And those folks will relate these dimensions to, the individual who's wanting to take that on board in their lives and that's you know, quite a powerful experience so this observing the notion of sort of orientation towards a destination setting a course and then dynamically responding to signs so how did aboriginal folks how do maori and other indigenous people make these journeys and they do it in a very different way to that linear you know business as usual idea and by learning more about that reading there's Shelley's book about wayfinding leadership which shares a lot of insights into that ted talk lots of wonderful resources out there we can learn to sort of attune yourself as the instrument so to speak in a wayfinding context and think about yourself both as an investor but the, the person in the world wanting to make a difference make a positive impact and take those wayfinding insights to support you in doing that
1: as our time draws to a close here i'd just like to finish with one last question um, to both of you what is your key challenge and invitation for leaders and investors
2: i think for me just listen to roger right now rachel it's really this um what he's talking about is this commitment to being a keen observer of the world you know instead of hurtling down these narrow corridors of rational logic with our KPIs and our indicators, you know, really fixated on the goal that we determine is the island that we ought to be heading to. We can be completely out of sync with reality. And in fact, that's not the island that's calling us. So, you know, it's about this dynamic responsiveness to a changing world, to finding that stillness, to pay attention and be a reader of the world. As Roger said, nature is a great healer. You know, if we just stop and slow down and cal- and move from a place of calm, what we call moving from stillness, um, which is to be really effective in tuning into the right frequencies. And, you know, really careful about where we place our, our life energy, our life force. So it's sort of using all of our intelligence you know, and really being open. As I you know often say, it's about our sphere intelligence, not just the square intelligence. So the world of both and.
0: We talk in the ethical investment world about principles and values a lot, and we can think about the values that we have in relation to environmental matters and social matters, but we could sort of step back and make that even bigger question about, what are the principles that we want to guide our lives? And I think for me, as a takeaway, I'd like people to think about, you know, what is their purpose? What sort of ancestors do they want to be? And what are the principles they want to guide them? And last night we talked about care and courage and those are pretty fundamental in terms of practices. It's really about looking within, taking an inner journey, if you like, as well as that external journey, and thinking in terms of being truly transformational with our money and our lives, creating true wealth and well-being, so that we can address the world's environmental challenges as we head into the COP26, and the big focus later this week on the challenge of climate change if we think about social challenges highlighted also in the UN sustainable development goals poverty and health and education and in a very fast changing environment we need a dynamic strategic approach that we can draw upon this indigenous wisdom to really help investors and business leaders to navigate this increasing complexity and these challenges we can all become explorers of our world and we can set sail beyond the compass of our existing knowledge and traverse these uncharted waters in ourselves and in the world.
1: What a beautiful note to finish on for this conversation. Um, Shelley and Roger Spiller, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Rachel. Pleasure. Have a great rest of the day to you both. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shelley Spiller and Roger Spiller. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Please remember, you can subscribe to Financial Standard wherever you listen to your
0: favorite podcast. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice.